This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. With any luck, by next year we'll be hanging out with you, the listener, again. But for now, let us say, without hope or agenda, just because it's Beckinsale, and on Beckinsale we tell the truth. To us, you are perfect, and our wasted hearts will love you until you look like this. Let the record show I'm holding up a picture of a mummy right now. <laughs> I could kiss you on the lips right now, Joel. Don't do it. I purposely didn't make eye contact with either one of that, you. That's no. enough. No. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our board games part two show, where we uh, tiered and ranked a bunch of board games and everyone agreed with us. Nobody uh, really it ever was, disagreed. It was super random. I love the show. I like I would just like do these like really complicated, like, you know, kind of ticket to ride games. And then yeah. we're doing like shoots and ladders. Exactly. Like, I like that range. I thought it was fun that we discovered that I'm dumb. No, oh no. This is the Zach Blonde show. For sure. (laughs) It definitely was Zach Blonde. I don't remember that as a thing. Remember? Words are hard. I got called out on Twitter for not knowing what a shoot was. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of agreeing with us, April Baker on Facebook says, sorry, but you got it all wrong. Oh, really? Um, Backgammon is a tier one game. Mm. Have, has she played it? You all must not play it as competitively as my family does. That is true. Ooh, okay. She also goes on to recommend a game called What the Face, which sounds like a PG-13 apples to apples with a lot of judgment. Jim Smith lets us know that Reading is how it's pronounced ah, in, uh, in Monopoly. Yeah. It's not Reading. It's Reading. It's Reading. Reading Rain Road. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. Oh, wow. man. And then on Instagram, a gray Disney says, I think we all need to take a minute and appreciate this cover art. Good job again, Kent. Uh, thanks to you guys as well. Yeah. By the way, I get all the credit, but like Sunday night, I'm like, guys, help me out. Help me be creative. Yeah. We all did that together. And it, a lot of it was you know, Joel doing, hey, do this for this space. Do yeah. this for that one. And then, oh, well, what about you. this? It was a collaboration. Yeah, it was fun. I particularly I liked so. the uh, having Chalupas turned into guest hosting on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Then finally, Verbus Vivum says, my family has always loved playing games together and everyone knows never go against my older sister and me in Taboo. I recommend y'all try Azul and Sagrada. I don't know that one. Uh, Zach Ooh, might even like a drink. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't practice Azul and Sagrada. <laughs> <laughs> Zach might even like them since there are no words. P.S. I love you too. At Kenny3DD. Aw, oh, sweet. Because yeah, he called her out. Hashtag Team Kent. There we go. <laughs> But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? In classic bacon sale fashion, it's time to talk about rom-coms. Love on bacon sale? Love. Love. Because if you don't know, as of the airing of the show, Valentine's Day is this weekend. Oh, no. And so if you didn't know that, you know it now. Get prepared. I wish we could just like buy suckers like you did in junior high. I would accept You know, they could give them in seventh period. Yeah. Which I never got any suckers. Oh, I bet you did, you Joey. were the sucker. Oh, oh. Uh, but I was going to say, we do enjoy talking about lovey-dovey romantic things on Bacon Cell every now and then, such as when we did our last kind of rom-com show. Which uh, was recent. Which was, well, we, uh, well before that, uh, Bacon Cell episode 43, How to Lose a Listener in <laughs> I, 10 Days. I was, I was being obnoxious. Oh, I thought you were talking about. That was a really long thought, time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like season two stuff. I mean, we have done love songs and we mm-hmm. did a verses last year. We want to talk today. It's an annual tradition at this point. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we, we just like, you know, doing this theme and it's a fun little break from our usual because we, we talk about these heavy dramas and these scary horror movies and exactly. these dumb comedies. And these are like, you know what? Love. Definitely not our genre. Would you say it's your genre? At I all? love a good rom-com. 
I have really you do. always, or is it because yes. you are very married now? No, I think honestly, I watched more rom coms pre marriage than I had post marriage. Well, it's because they don't really come out with them anymore, well, right? But more because I was a lovesick fool. I'd watch these movies and be like, I just want to fall in love with someone. Really? Yeah. A lot of these movies I'd watch. Wow. And then get all mushy. I mean, it's probably, it explains why you got a lot more girls than <laughs> I did back in the day. Cause I'm like, oh, I hate it. You it's hated rom-coms? I've always hated rom-coms. I can appreciate them now because now I try to get more women. <laughs> <laughs> and so I watch trash and I, I study trash. Yes. But I never liked them. It was just a, a way against my, you know, I, I always but thought I was liked, an anarchist back in the day. But you like garbage movies back in the day. Yeah, I like other trash kind of movies, trash action, trash horror, but never this kind of formula. Hmm. But now I get it. Okay, as yeah. long as you get it. Yeah. Because I was going to say, there definitely is a market for these types of movies. There was, Obviously. though. There was. There really isn't any, or they just not make them anymore. Well, so that's the thing. is like you can actually trace uh, the history of rom- romantic comedies, rom-coms, uh, back to Shakespeare. Like they have like mm-hmm. these, you know, obviously romantic tales that have humor in Macbeth, them. Macbeth, right? Yes, Macbeth is a is a hilarious <laughs> romantic comedy. Hamlet. <laughs> also hilarious. No, one's like a Midsummer's Night Dream, Twelfth Night, mm-hmm. As You Like It. You could even say you know, much but nothing, but even like uh, Merchant of Venice. Yeah, there's a, there's a romance and some comedy there too. Obviously, some darkness with the whole pound of flesh thing. But when Harry Met Sally was kind of the one in 1989 that kind of showed that these could be a powerhouse at the box office, right. which kicked off a whole slew of 90s romantic comedies and into the mid 2000s and late 2000s. But then since like, you know, late 2010s. What is it? Is it really Hallmark movies have taken over? Are they not profitable anymore? Did Nicholas Sparks kill it with just straight up romance movies and no, no more comedy? Yeah, I think they shifted over to that that cheesy like tearjerkers, white almost. people kissing, you know. Wait, hold on. White people kissing or <laughs> they, why people kiss? White. Like, <laughs> you could spot a Nicholas Sparks movie poster from like 100 yards. Yeah, it's absolutely. True. It's true. But I think, I think it's with Matthew McConaughey retired the whole genre kind of went down. So he killed it. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past killed the genre apparently that's what we're saying here on bacon sale but uh, i love by the way just looking up like cold hard uh, definitions it's like an alien came down to the planet decided to explain what a romantic comedy was Mm -hmm. and this is what it says here one dictionary definition is quote a funny movie play or television program about a love story that ends happily the basic plot of romantic comedy is that two characters meet part ways due to an argument or other obstacle, <laughs> then ultimately realize their love for one another and reunite. They, that about sums it up, I would say. And it does. And it's very formulaic. Like, you know, at the beginning, they're going to have a little meet cute, which uh, meet cute is a term for a cute way in which the characters first encounter each other. Right. Like a pair of gloves, for example. Yeah, a pair of gloves. Or they, they stumble into each other mm-hmm. or like, you know, they, I don't know. There's a bet. There's, yeah, there's all these ways to do it. And it's just funny to me how it's become standard where like, well, actually, meet cutes go back all the way to like silent era, Great Depression movies, mm-hmm. where these characters would meet in a cute way and kind of spark a relationship. It's like dating apps, right? That, is that a meet? Is that cute? I'd like. I, I was going to say it had to be very unique to be a meet cute yeah, on a no, dating app because yeah. it's pretty standard where you like say hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? And then you never talk to each other again. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. That's not a meet cute. No, it is definitely not. But uh, I enjoy them. Zach, have you shared your feelings? You've never shared your feelings about rom-coms here on Bacon Sale, as far as I know. And I'm not going to. No, I... I <laughs> that's kind of the theme of the show, oh, okay, man. okay, okay. I think they're fun. I, I definitely watched more of them in the 90s, but I was also like a kid, so I there was a lot that I didn't, didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the ones that leaned more comedy. And I've seen some since, and it's just like, wow, this... I, I think because I know the pop culture 
references and the cliches and everything. It just don't work as well for me. When you see a movie like specifically Pretty Woman, do you think of it more as like, wow, this is such an idealized romance? Or do you think, hey, the kind of person that she is and the kind of person he is, that wouldn't work for these reasons. Do you look at it more from that scope? Maybe a little bit more. Or I go, oh, this is what's going to happen. Then we talk about the formula and Mm -hmm. how it... You know, works through. It's fine. You guys tell me you don't get mushy every time you watch a romantic comedy. No. What? No, it's. I still get mushy every time I watch a romantic comedy. Yes. They're not manipulative to me at all. Oh, I'm not saying I'm manipulated. Yes, you are. No, you get into it. No, no, it's basically like I know what. That's what a movie's meant to do. I go to a fast food restaurant. I know exactly what I'm going to get, but I still get the endorphins when I eat that stupid cheeseburger because I'm like, ah, yeah, I like that. But upon repeat viewings, you still feel that way. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not kidding when I said I watched multiple rom coms uh, in preparation for this episode. Okay. I just don't no, I didn't have to, but I wanted to. And I watched them and I enjoyed them. And I was like, oh, I love this feeling of just the, the yeah. endorphins are kicking in. Mm-hmm. And then my wife got mad at me because I watched them without her. So <laughs> sorry, honey. For me, I watched, I watched, I watched you one got of a her box favorites. Of tissues. Yeah. I watched one of her favorites without her. And she was like, you're watching this without Hold me. On. I'm like, you've seen it a dozen I'm, times. I'm picturing you in your PJs. You've got all these Dove chocolate wrappers around you. Oh, Dove's <laughs> good chocolate. Yeah, I know. You, I yeah. know that would be you. No, I'd be eating the cheeseburger during yeah. it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I love rom-coms. For me, a rom-com, though, that whole situation is like a thanksgiving dinner where i prefer the sides right like the main entree the relationship or whatever those main characters i usually don't care at that much but i do i like the side characters and the the plucky best friends and the funny parents i I like that kind of stuff generally better i love the witty dialogue like straightforward romances don't really do it for me as Mm -hmm. much right but rom-coms I'm a fan because it's comedy and it's romance. I enjoy both those things. See, for me, I like the the dude's take on it. It's a very male way of thinking. But if it's a kind of a darker, twisted take on the rom-com, I like it more. Huh? I know. Weird, right? How many right? dark rom-coms do you know of? Well, you know, 500 Days of Summer would be a twist on the formula. How did I know you were going to bring up that? Uh, high Fidelity would be a twist on the formula. You already brought that up on, on our last episode. Yeah, of course rom-coms. I did because these are my, my personal favorites of the genre that don't quite fit here. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, Say Anything, for example. Yeah. Uh, a popular romantic comedy of the 80s. And it's a teen romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Very some serious moments that happen in that movie. Absolutely. Like, it's not yeah. a straightforward comedy. And I do really enjoy that one. That one stands out above the rest because it's not just fluff. But sometimes it's fun to have fluff. Yeah. Anyway, so we have a series of categories here. A dozen categories Aww. in honor of a dozen roses. Because Valentine's Day is coming up. And we are going <laughs> go to buy go buy overpriced roses is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. They're so overpriced around the time. Yeah. Thankfully, my anniversary falls a little bit out. It's in February, but it's mm-hmm. outside of the Valentine's window. So I'm able to get cheaper flowers before. Oh, see, I just go to Smith's with all the other husbands or boyfriends or guys. But they're overpriced. If you get them the day yeah. after, it's cheaper. Wow. And if, you, if your significant other is okay with that, because mine is. <laughs> yeah, I get like cheaper it. Cheaper flowers after. But we have a series of categories we're going through. And then Zach. Hi. He's going to be able to do a little romantic twist here. And he's going to give us a quiz. We're going to have a quiz. A rom-com quiz. Every couple of categories, we're going to have a quiz. You two are competing against each other for, I don't know, street tacos usually. And yeah, yeah street tacos is good. Well, I think it needs to be a little romantic than that. Does it? Street tacos uh, are chocolate. What? <laughs> Hold on. What's more romantic than street tacos, Joel? Steak <laughs> That's a good dinner. question. Whoa, take <laughs> it easy. Okay, steak tacos. Steak, yeah, steak tacos. Yeah, yeah. I'm into that. All right. Finger All right. boop? Uh, yeah, finger boop. From afar. It's official. All right, for our first category, we have the best soundtrack. Now, this is, we figure your rom-com is going to start with some 
pop song that's going to try and set the mood for how it wants you to feel. Helicopter shot over the city. Yeah. Bright, uh, always beautiful B-roll. letters. Yeah. Always B-roll. Yeah. There she goes uh, over the uh, San Francisco. And, and uh, so I made an actual. Yeah, it's an actual good one. Yeah. So, uh, Kent, what is your best soundtrack? This is one of the toughest categories, I feel, because they all have at least four solid songs. That's why you bought the album. Yeah, exactly. It's from the generally from the 50s or 60s. It's just Mm -hmm. a great romantic song. So many of them share songs as well. So it it was hard to find which era I wanted, because even like really popular rom-coms, the 90s and 2000s use the same soundtracks from 80s movies. Mm-hmm. And so I went with a 90s movie that uses a straight-up 80s soundtrack, and it's The Wedding Singer. Good choice. So this one, it's definitely, it's kind of a gimme, right? They're going to pick favorites from the 80s. So you have Do You Really Want to Hurt Me from Culture Club, Every Little Thing She Does is Magic by The Police, How Soon Is Now by The Smiths. Having The Smiths in a soundtrack at all, never a bad thing. It's really the only time I enjoy listening to The Smiths yeah. is when it's played in a movie because <laughs> they can't listen to their albums. And then Hold Me Now by Thompson Twins, White Wedding, China Girl, Blue Monday. It's just chock full. It's like, and now that's what I call 80s album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus you have some Adam Sandler originals, which aren't bad. I mean, there is an offensive song in there as well, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a very fun. Watch out for that one. Yeah, it's a very fun soundtrack that perfectly fits the movie. And this is one of those rom-coms I can handle because it feels like it was made for all sexes. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So okay. The Wedding Singer. You know what's so weird about The Wedding Singer? Okay, it came out in like 97, I think. Yeah. And it was set in 1985. And even in the <laughs> late 90s, it felt like this bizarre other world. We were making fun of it. That's yeah. the thing. Imagine that movie now with the same time frame would be about like 2008 or 2009, <laughs> which is like what? The Big Short. That's, it, doesn't, yeah. it, it felt like a completely different world. And they tapped into that bizarre level of the 80s. Yeah. That I think it's yeah, the is 80s were full on kitsch. And so it yeah. is it is a world of its own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it, and the fact that it, only 12 years later felt like a complete lifetime away. Yeah, it's crazy. It's bizarre. Well, what do you have, Joel? Ah, well, I'll just give a synopsis here. Robbie, a singer, and Julia <laughs> oh, are go. both engaged, but to the wrong people. Julia, I, I Julia. Hate, I hate that we're matching on the first one, Kent. I know, because so now I'm worried about everything. I thought for sure you weren't going to pick this one. I thought you were going to pick one that had like a beautiful score, or some original hipster music, like, you know, like a Garden State thing where it's like a really good soundtrack. I should have. There were, there were many. I went totally mainstream because I'm like, this like exactly like you said, Kent. This is like an 80s compilation master. Like this yeah. is, you get two discs of just great 80s hits. See, I, I had a feeling you were going to go somewhere more like uh, When Harry Met Sally because it's all classic love songs, but sung by Harry Connick Jr. See, and I don't like the covers as much. I like the okay. originals a lot mm-hmm. more, um, but I do, I really enjoy this soundtrack. It's, it's And great. I do enjoy, like, they have all the regular or the cool 80s songs that I grew up and really enjoy, mm-hmm. but then they also have, like, you know, uh, little Ellen Dow singing The Rapper's Delight. Yeah. Yep. Hop, a hippie to the hop. And do and you then, like the version of Video Kill the Radio Star by the, the Buggles? I love that. Oh, I do like that one. I prefer yeah. the Buggles, but I do like the Presence of the United States of America one. Uh, also, you get, of course, get uh, Grow Old with You by Adam Sandler, which is, I think everyone yep. kind of went, aw, mm-hmm. that's such a cute sentiment. And it's a great part of the movie, even with the Billy Idol cameo. Yeah. Uh, even with that. I don't like musician cameos in movies. <laughs> we know this. And so I, I do enjoy this soundtrack a great deal, and I think it's definitely deserving. I, I hate that we match, but it just feels right. Right. It's sad that it's not like a John Hughes movie actually in the 80s, mm. that it's a movie mocking the 80s, but still. But also I feel like it's kind of cheating because these are songs that I like independently of the soundtrack, whereas my Same. wife, uh, she's a huge fan of the Runaway Bride soundtrack because she owned it, and so she listened to it all the time, and so she loves it because of the soundtrack, whereas I love these songs even if the soundtrack didn't exist. Same. Yeah, so, so it is all, a cheat, but we both agree. Bit. Yeah. 
Okay. So best soundtrack, Wedding Singer, we agree. Wow. Okay. Now we're moving again through our romantic comedy with our categories. We introduce our main character. What is the most overused career for your main character? Now, <laughs> this is so good. The thing is, I actually did a little bit of research on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? I did. Wait, you, you did you, research? Yes. Joel? And I found out that the most overused career, and by overused, I mean it's used very often, is journalists. It's always journalists. <laughs> so you're getting examples here of, I'm just going to run through a ton of these right now, of His Girl Friday, When Harry Met Sally, One Fine Day, Runaway Bride, 27 Dresses, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, My Best Friend's Wedding, Never Been Kissed, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 13 Going on 30, Hitch, The Proposal, like all these have a journalist as one of the main characters yeah. or both. Are it just pays sometimes. so well when you live in New York in a great apartment. It is. Well, it's always like, I need a, I need a hit story about relationships. Ah, what are you going to get for me? And it's always the boss is going to fire him or they're up yeah. for a big promotion and they just have to get one good story and they'll do anything it takes. And it's always like, you know, this whole journalistic integrity debate they have inside themselves of like, should I report on this person that I love? Should I not? Yeah. Or should I run this headline? Should I not? And it's like, I'm a food columnist. Why am I reporting on this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I do feel like it's it's funny how maybe that's why uh, rom-coms died, because journalism died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But I just feel like, like the, well, the, the journalists whole, became bloggers at some yeah, point. They yeah. became bloggers. I'm a YouTuber in New York. Well, basically, everyone became a journalist, where it's like, you can put your word out there in, you know, in podcast form even now. Yeah. And so, like, what's the draw of having a, a newspaper? I, I feel like it's a relatable job that people can actually graduate in and not spend too much money. And then moving to somewhere like New York would be the dream as well. well. Also, and this is just the mechanics of it. Being a journalist in a movie means you're not tied to an office. You can go anywhere yeah. and do anything. And it's all part of the story. So you don't have to be there at work. And there's only 50,000 working journalists in the U.S. right now. So it's pretty <laughs> rare that you I mean, that sounds like a lot, but yeah. it's actually pretty rare that they would be the main protagonists of this love story yeah and it's always some magazine or newspaper or yeah. something like up and coming but yeah so i put journalist as the most overused career perfect in romantic comedies can't you throw out a stat that tells me you agree i agree but i have another option actually okay. i do too so they are actually 100,000 working members of this industry, and it's architect. Oh, yes. architect. Architect okay. is like probably the second most used That's career. Maybe because, more than men. Wait, are, is yes. it architect or interior design? It could those, be either. Okay, because those yeah. are both heavily used in rom-coms. In fact, most rom-coms will have the male as the architect and the female as the, the journalist. journalist. Yeah. yeah. I was also going to throw out the marketing Oh, 100%. It, you know, yeah, that, that could go either way. But oh, it, yeah, the totally. movies that use the architect is The Lake House, The Last Kiss, Three to Tango, Sleepless in Seattle, My Super Ex Girlfriend, Love Actually, Just Like Heaven, It's Complicated, and 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it makes sense. Both of those careers are not nine to fivers, right? You're not going in, punching a clock, right? You mm-hmm. can you can go off into your you know New Hampshire parents' mm-hmm. home and write. You can design a building. You can be you know working on these. <laughs> well, and what's great is you generally have bigger dreams with these jobs you're like yeah i'm stuck doing this but the, the real thing i want to create is something amazing it's yeah. like i'm gonna help you do that i'm a civil well, engineer who i'm and i make a bunch of money but ah, oh, i just want to make you know <laughs> well and also it's sculptures these are, these are easily digestible jobs that you hear and you're like i know what they do yeah whereas if they were like oh you know what i'm actually <laughs> a, an accountant for a law firm of school book depository and you're just like <laughs> so, so like what? all the, like the jobs that we actually have where you're like it's no it's cool so it's like i train people to do uh 
you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I think there's a reason they do these careers because it allows them to be mobile, because they're easily understood. Right. So it's, you know, it's not really necessary, but it's just a way of like, okay, here's who they are. Let's move on to the next plot point. Absolutely. Now we're going to move into the least believable couple <laughs> in a romantic comedy. We have to establish our couple. This is tough, and it seems a little negative because I'm judging these people. You? Uh, well, okay, I enjoy that. It's tough to pick who I want to judge most. <laughs> and so I went with the couple that has, I, I saw this category least believable as zero chemistry. Okay, Oh, okay. so you were actually going on the so not actor ju- side. Not just it. like, oh, they look like this, or they look like this, yeah, or you like, never put these two people in a movie together. Like Adams, Adam Sandler and anybody good looking. Right, oh, Jack Nicholson. Drew Barrymore works with him. Like, honestly, Jack Nicholson and anyone younger. Like I right? said, anybody good looking. Oh. <laughs> well, Jack Nicholson, when he got older, still was playing with the young starlets. I was like, yeah, uh, come on. But I went with two people in a I semi... be your grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> a semi-popular rom-com, and it's made in Manhattan, and it's Ray Fiennes and Jennifer Lopez. Oh, yeah. I do remember that one. Yeah, so in this one, he's a wealthy politician, He's and he's American, by the way, in his American accent. Not good. Ray Fiennes is yeah. American? Yeah. Voldemort is... is yeah, American. He sounds like this. He sounds really It's creepy. a movie that finds a way to make great finds. Who's awesome. Terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> and so he's uh, pursuing this woman, and she's secretly a maid in the hotel where he's staying. And there's just this one scene. Wait, there's a secret in a romantic comedy? <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. And it's honestly, it could destroy his political career if people find out he's dating a maid with a kid. That's, that's the movie. That's political suicide. But there's there's one scene I watched last night. Relatability where, is political suicide. <laughs> it was this dance scene because every well, it was the ball where you know every movie movie needs one of these. But Ray finds he sees Jennifer Lopez walk in in a very pretty dress, and he looks at her and he's like, "You're beautiful." And then they pause. It almost feels like they're not shooting the movie in the same room because there's so much pause there. And she goes, "So are you." And his smile looks like he just wants to eat her. It's like a scene from a red dragon, actually. Oh, no. And it's it, there's like an eyes wide shut party probably after. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I can no. take it darker. No, thank you. That's dark enough, sir. But actually, he talked about this. There is a uh, post I read where he talks about Made in Manhattan. And he says, I enjoyed making Made in Manhattan and have huge respect for J-Lo, who was, I think, terribly good in it. But that sort of light comic thing is probably not my strength. So he no. knew he wasn't very good in it. He knew there was no chemistry. There's some people that can pull off a rom-com. Yeah, some people can. And I think people still like the movie despite the lack of chemistry because maybe mm. they like the story of the maid that does well, I guess, but mm. still, no chemistry. Made in Manhattan, M-A-I-D. Yeah, see, why, the, see, ah. see why it's funny is that's the wrong word. <laughs> the right word. It's a homonym. Get, get, guys, made in Manhattan. Ah. Wait, wait a minute. You're right. <laughs> Joel, I went much more surface level on this, Ken. I did go very superficial. Of okay. Like, yeah, I, that, no, that's not going to work. Judge away. And so I went with Jack Black and Kate Winslet in The Holiday. Hmm. So if you don't know the synopsis, two women troubled with guy problems swap homes in each other's countries where they meet, where they each meet a local guy and fall in love. And this is directed by Nancy Myers, who did The Parent Trap, What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, It's Complicated. She's done some rom-coms. But Jack Black as a romantic lead. But I think people love him in the movie. And I just yeah, that's a weird never, choice. But here's the thing. He came. This is after Saving Silverman, Orange County, High Fidelity, School of Rock, Anchorman, Shark Tale, and Nacho Libre. Like these, <laughs> I think Nacho Libre came out the same year okay. as this movie. Yeah. Like Jack Black was a known kind of goofy type character. Right. And so to put them in this serious role, which he was, you know, this is actually around the same time as King Kong, where he was trying something different. Yeah. A little more of that. 
but I just could never buy Jack Black and Kate Winslet as a couple. On the other hand, you have Cameron Diaz yeah. and Jude Law. And I'm like, yes, they will make beautiful babies. <laughs> but and that is the intent of this movie. I actually was going to pick Jay Moore and Jennifer Aniston for Picture Perfect. But then oh, I realized yeah. no one probably saw that movie or even remembers it. Right. Yeah. Because I was like, Jay Moore? Uh. Yeah, Jack Black in any romantic comedy like this. Like, he fit in Shallow Hell because of the type of movie it was. Even then, I didn't completely buy him in Shallow Hell. But the whole premise, leads. the whole twist behind it, yeah. that's the reason, yeah. right? So, yeah, I, I just couldn't get behind that. Do you think that's part of the like the point of that movie? So so think about that movie. Surprising um, Love? Like long, Is that what you're saying? Like Long Shot? With, uh, it's like Seth Rogen yeah. and Charlize Theron. But that's the point of that movie. Do you it, think that's part is, of it? But I don't think they, they kind of play it up, at least as far as I remember. It's been a while since I've seen this. I did read the synopsis again. Yeah. But as far as I remember, he's just kind of there as a you know, buddy friend. But then they, they meet on the mutual gowns that their significant others have cheated on them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the spark. And I'm like, I just don't buy you two together. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Jack. Sorry, Jack Black. You're not getting my stamp of approval. <laughs> Why? Wow. All right. We have gone through three categories now, which means we're going to introduce our first round of the quiz. The quiz! Now, if you haven't listened to a bacon cell quiz before, the boys here have to select buzzers, which they will just scream part of, uh, <laughs> and I will pick them to answer the question. So what is your buzzer, Kent? You complete me. Wow, that is long. You will go. You complete me. Okay. Yeah. Mwah. That's <laughs> oh, gonna be hard Joel. to yell. I'm just gonna. The thing is, I I could never get a word out, so I'm just going. Wah. <laughs> Al Pacino. Wah. <laughs> is that a romantic comedy? Cinema? No, woman? it is not. Well, it's sweet, kind of. All right, your first question in the movie. Say anything. Mm. What song does Joan Cusack? Yes, that would be in your eyes by Peter Gabriel. I said Joan too, and he still got it. Yeah. Yes, it is. In your I, eyes. But he kissed and said moi at the same time. It was I kind of literally amazing. have a poster. Of the Say Anything poster of him holding stereo above his head in my garage. Well done, Joel. Right well next done. to where I do all my manly car work. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of manliness here, Jerry Maguire is a sports agent for Rod Tidwell, who plays. You complete me. What? Oh, go ahead. We, I, uh, we, you didn't you didn't finish, and neither of us let yep, you. So please say, we, please finish. I, we, we are cutting you off. So please finish the yeah. question after we buzz in. Who plays for what NFL team? <laughs> you complete me? <laughs> yep. The Dolphins. Okay. No. Joel? I'm going to say the 49ers. No. <laughs> Isn't it based in California, though? Cuba no. getting juniors. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it is the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, Where's your chief life That's now? a baseball team. <laughs> Dang it. I, I, you, I actually... You put a sports reference in our rom-com movies. You may not be the last time either. I was going to do multiple choice on this one. The San Francisco 49ers, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, or the Washington. I should get a point oh, for getting one of the We should choice. probably need multiple choice on this, I think. Yeah. Well, it depends. Yeah. Okay. In Never Been Kissed, what was Drew Barrymore's nickname in high school? Josie Grossie. Josie Grossie. He's too fast. Correct. Well done, Joel. Fast well with done. kisses. <laughs> You're fast with your kisses. I am fast with my kisses, okay? <laughs> That's how you kiss so many people back in the day. <laughs> very fast Snuck kisses. up on them real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never stop coming. In the notebook, how many children do Noah and Allie have? You complete me. Yes. Three. Correct. Oh. Three. That was a guess. <laughs> and that's not a rom-com. <laughs> that is not a rom-com. Is it not? It's a uh, rom. It's kind of funny is it when not? they leave each other and he writes her every day and then he yells it's, at it's her. It's hilarious when they die. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just laughed like legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. There we go. I got a point. Let's move on. 
Now we'll move back into our categories with you, Joel. I would like, we've met our couple that is uh, apparently not believable. We know what they do for work. An architect and a journalist, right? Yeah, we're writing it as we go. Now, who's the quirky best friend? There are a lot of options to pick here. And they're generally the best characters. And generally played by Judy Greer. Yeah. But uh, I actually went with an ensemble. Because I felt it's okay. not about a quirkiest best friend. It's about a quirky family. There, Yeah, you could do families. There's also like a group of sidekicks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, basically this, it's, it's this, a support this team. I have a character. Yeah. While you were sleeping? No, that was my... That's I a almost, good one. Yeah. I had that one written down as my choice. And then I remembered that my big, big fat, fat Greek wedding. wedding. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Where the whole movie, everybody is quirky. Everybody is weird. If you don't know the story, a young Greek woman falls in love with a non-Greek and struggles to get her family to accept him. This is the little movie that could, and that's mm-hmm. why I love it. Nia, I don't know, Vardalos? Yes. Nia Vardalos did this one-woman show about being Greek and being being a woman in Greek and not married and how that was and me, and marrying a non-Greek. And it was one of those shows that was successful, but Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson, who is of Greek heritage, saw it, loved it, and convinced Tom Cruise's company to kind of give it a chance. And Tom Hanks. Dang it. Did I do Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did. <laughs> Duh! But this was one where it was the budget was five million and it made three hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. Unbelievable! Seventy-three to over seventy-three times its own budget. Wow! And the whole family, the whole uh, Portakalos family, is just hilarious. Yeah, like the Windex for the, the dad with the Windex yeah. uh, and Vula, who <laughs> I make lamb. I just love the characters in this movie. Joey Fat ones in there. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and this one spawned a TV series, a sequel, and I just think it's one of those things where just watching it, even though. I'm not Greek. I can relate. In fact, I was going to say, I think a lot of people in Utah probably related to this. I think so, too. Because you could yeah. swap out Greek for uh, Latter-day Saint, and it would fit almost perfectly. Yeah, totally. In yeah. fact, I Big saw families, this one in the of eating. Provo Movies 8 dollar theater. Oh, you did? Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet everyone was laughing because they're like, I get that. I can feel that. Actually, by the way, uh, what's his name? The main guy. What is his name? John Corbett. Mm-hmm. He was actually filming Serendipity when he auditioned for My Big Fat Greek That's Wedding. That's a great little time for him. I know. So yeah, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, hilarious. One of those movies where every character is a character, and I think more people should watch it. Uplifting, heartwarming, lovely. Yes. What do you have, Kent? Joel mentioned her. She is an all-star. She is an absolute Hall of Famer. She is the one that we all associate with. It's Judy Greer. <laughs> Wait, yep. just in general? Yeah. You Judy Greer? Judy Greer. Girl? No, it's Judy Greer. In you fact, really did? <laughs> Judy Greer knows this and owns this. She's actually in a funnier die sketch where she plays the quirky best friend. And at one point, she bumps into someone and could fall in love. And she's like, oh, this is amazing. And he's like, yes, this is a moment. She's like, can I set you up with my best friend? Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those moments. She knows it. So like, explain who Judy Greer is, though. Judy Greer, she plays Kitty in Arrested Development. <laughs> she's kind of, she's mousy looking, she's, but she's also adaptable as well. She's the jerky friend in 13 going on 30. Yeah, she's in the recent Halloween as uh, yeah. Jane. As the quirky best friend. No, as Michael the Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I would see that movie. But for example, she plays the caring motherly type in The Wedding Planner. She plays a blunt cynic in 27 Dresses. She's the relatable bestie that just wants to keep the peace and love happens. And she's the former stuck up girl in 13 going on 30. Mm. That's only half. Maybe less than half of the rom-com she's in. She is the quirky best friend. And so, yeah, hire her if you make another rom-com. It's hilarious because I I did put her in there as a throwaway joke, but you're absolutely right. She is... But the like, quirky best friend. Why can't she be the star in these movies? Because you you want to root for her. I think the She's older, quirky. the older and more jaded we get, I think we relate to Judy Greer more. Look, we only can accept about twenty to twenty five percent quirkiness in our main characters. <laughs> She's like forty to thirty five percent. Oh yeah, quirky. Yeah. About forty three percent. There's too much quirk. Yeah. 
but she's adorable. She is. Um, I would like to give an honorable mention to someone who's probably Judy Greer's like older sister, which is Leslie Mann. Yeah. yeah. Like similar, but maybe a little bit meaner and less quirky. Yeah. But like fills a lot of those same roles too. That's true. Leslie and Mann. Uh, I get them mixed up sometimes. The only thing I think because of, of the she's, roles. She's the main girl in George of the Jungle, but I can't think of anything else right she's, now. She's uh, in like not. She's up. Judd Apatow's wife. Yeah. 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 So good choices. Like them. Okay. We know our best friend now. This is, a, this is we're going to take a weird turn, much like our rom-com will which is the most awkward musical or dance scene. Specifically awkward. Yeah. Because there are great musical and dance scenes in these movies. There are. In fact, it's like the defining moment of many of these. But I generally look at these movies and I say, okay, where's the choreographed dance here? Because that's the thing. It's not enough just to have a character doing a dance. It has to be like choreographed. There's the, you know, the cool music playing over Mm -hmm. it. Somehow everyone knows it. So in, the, in my choice, there's actually a cheat here, and I feel like it was a voiceover after because the director realized how dumb the scene was. And so he had Usher say, hey, everyone do the dance that I taught you. It's ah, the movie She's All That. Yeah. yeah. So the dance begins, and you have Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee bro, Cook. Bro, 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 brother souls, brother yeah. soul. Funk soul brother, right? Yeah. And it's a great song. But So you have these two actually, people. It's called the Rockefeller Skank. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah it yeah, is, huh? Yeah, yeah you are. What? <laughs> Zach, family friendly. And so, yeah, there are odds, right? He's trying to talk to her. He's going to cut in. Right but then all of a sudden, now. Usher plays this song. Funk soul and brother, he says, everyone do the dance. Now. And then it was Funk weird because there's like, brother, right. they never allude to this before in the movie. But everyone, at least the cool kids, are in a dance crew yeah. where they've choreographed a three and a half minute dance. Now, it's funny, too, because I've seen high school choreographed dances and like right. musicals and stuff like that. Right. These are not high school kids. No, these are no. professional dancers. They absolutely like, are. Their hand movements are completely in sync. Like leg lifting over each other. There's that, yeah, the guy that flips his leg over the yeah. girl. I was like, oh, he would kicked her in the head. And for some reason, this was okay in a movie like Teen Wolf, right? Yeah. In 80s movies there. where Zach, like you said, it's a different fantasy realm in the 80s. Yeah, it's where you so can weird. believe that everyone for some reason knows the same dance. It's the and African Anita ritual. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but when it's in the late 90s, like in She's All That, you're like, no, I don't buy it. It's too much reality because maybe it's because it was my high school years as well. Right. And so I'm like, I don't believe that for a second. And I really, I chose this because I cringed the entire time because these are professional dancers in high school. And, and I imagine them filming the scene and just, yeah. Kate, you're absolutely right, by the way. I did some re- I did some research on rom-coms, and they did call in a favor from Usher. Is that what it was? They, they showed it it test- seemed like it was after the They fact. showed it to test audiences, and they're like, why are they all dancing? And so they added that in there. And he's like, he says to the voiceover of like, let's do that dance I taught you. And I went, excuse me. Like, it pulled me out of the movie. And I'm like, pardon me. <laughs> At what point did the dance DJ get the whole high school together and teach them a dance? Three minute dance. Uh-huh. It was the uh, one hour before the stomp. Yeah. Where you go and learn. <laughs> and I'm sorry. In high school, I wasn't much of a dancer. It was boot scooting boogie. And that's about all I could do. Yeah. And, and even then, dances. it was halfway through the song before you actually feel like you got the hang yeah. of it. Yeah. Electric yeah. slide was always a little awkward. But <laughs> So, Joel, I can't wait to hear yours. Okay. Is it singing or dancing? It's dancing. Okay. And we've already kind of talked about this movie before, but I'll bring it up. Uh, this is 13 going on 30. I almost chose this. Yeah. So, uh, synopsis, a girl makes a wish on her 13th birthday and wakes up the next day as a 30-year-old woman starring uh, Jennifer Garner as Jenna. And so Jenna, she wakes up and she, she was in the eighties and then she wakes up and it's, she's 30. So it's 2003, 2004 yeah, it's later on. Right. And she goes to this dance. She works at the magazine. It's not going well. The party right. is awkward. Like they have this kind of techno dance playing and everyone's kind of standing around the sides and they're all stuffy journalist magazine people types. Mm-hmm. 
And then she's like, wow, this and Andy Circus, who plays the boss. Random. A, a non- CGI CGI role. <laughs> so weird. He's like, this party. I think it was CG actually when he dances. It, all of a sudden he's like, this party is like, it's terrible. And if this party goes to, to trash, then the whole company's gonna go to trash. We need to save this. And Jenna's and then Jenna's like, I know what to do. We need the enthusiasm of a 13-year-old. So she walks out on the dance floor all by herself and whispers to the DJ to play Michael Jackson's thriller. Which feels like a gimme because it's such a lovable song. And here's the thing. Yes, people have seen the dance. Right. People have known the dance. But this group of people, <laughs> first of all, it's supposed to be cheesy and awkward at the beginning. Yeah. I understand right. that. But then Mark Ruffalo joins her. They're like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then everyone's like, oh, we can dance? And they run on the floor and all start doing the thriller dance together. And they know it perfectly. And they know it perfectly. And it's just awkward. Yeah. I really like this movie, 13 Under 30. I am not bashing on this movie. But that part, every time I'm like, I'm cringing. I'm Do you know what drives me crazy about that? Uh, drive me crazy another rom-com mm-hmm. is at the end of the dance <laughs> Great britney spears song <laughs> there is a part where mark ruffalo gets mad and he leaves like all huffy he's just like oh because there's they a hulks moment he hulks out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment where it's almost like they fall in love during the dance of thriller and he storms out of there for some reason i'm like this isn't that kind of scene no it's a manufactured anger which right it's such an awkward scene to watch so purposely awkward but then andy circus joins the fray and it's bad and they're like oh this is all very fun <laughs> Yes, let's all do the dance together. <laughs> Smiggle. <laughs> Great choice. Uh, shout out to Enchanted. I don't know why, but like, yeah. I love that okay. part in Enchanted where Patrick Dempsey like is making fun. Like, why do you guys all know this? See, but that would be on a good list. That's, that's, a good list. that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, we that's say awesome. that, say that for if we do a, a mirror of this <laughs> in a later show. Well, you, you just mentioned a, a strange romance moment. Let's talk about an obviously doomed romance. So this is the one that's just not going to work out. Yeah. This is going to seem like an odd choice for me. I can't wait. Because I just barely saw it. I can't hardly wait, Joel. Is it? It's uh, not can't hardly wait. Kent and any date he's been on? Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. Random. Is this, is this revenge for the last show? <laughs> no, Apparently. Sorry. Hey, I deserve it. <laughs> no, I actually chose Knocked Up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, oh, well, this is, is it too realistic? Like, it's not going to work. Well, that's the thing. So that's obviously doing romance because I saw this movie just recently. watched it on YouTube TV and... Because they had like, oh, here's the TV version. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. sure, TV version. The only version I've seen. Uh, synopsis. For fun-loving party animal, Ben Stone, the last thing he ever expected was for his one-night stand to show up on his doorstep eight weeks later to tell him she's pregnant with his child. Uh, and this is Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl, which is one of those couples, again, I see it, and I'm like... Uh. But that's the point of the movie as well. It is. Yeah. That's the thing. Is she's supposedly uh, very drunk mm-hmm. and not really thinking straight and ends up spending a night with this guy. Right. This horrible stoner, terrible loser guy. They, they go through their pregnancy together. But that's the thing. So like during the relationship, all of a sudden they start to kind of like each other. Mm-hmm. And I never quite bought on to that. And then he does try to make, he makes steps to try to better himself. Like, you know, leaving his dumb friends and, and moving out and trying right. to get a job and all that. But he's just not happy. And I just never quite got why she would like him. Like, I get why he likes her. She's, because, she's beautiful. Yeah. Because of the screenplay. Exactly. <laughs> right. And that's why I felt like as this movie kind of, you know, zoomed up and showed the city again and the music started playing and the movie was over, I just went, they're, they're not going to make it. Well, that's just thing. She's very independent and he will fall back into his old ways. Yeah. Quite easily. Yeah. She'll re- realize she can raise this baby on her own and be better. Yeah. Better off. Without and that's Seth what Rogen. she would want, too. Yes. So 
I, I just couldn't get behind this one. So, yeah, uh, I, I think Knocked Up, I, I just can't buy it. And what a magic trick to cast two people that I just don't want to watch in the movie <laughs> at all. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah. And this is available on Clearplay DVD or Vin Angel if you want to watch it. It's 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 not bad. It was kind of it was a kind of okay movie. Yeah, cut 20 big, minutes and it's great. I'm not a big Joe Apatow fan. Neither. And so, yeah. but this one was where I read. I, in fact, I think my review said, eh, Seth Rogen kind of slowly won me over. So I guess I could see why Catherine Heigl would kind of like him. Yeah. Because the movie did that to me. But then I was like, yeah, but still, they're not going to last. No, not at all. You're right. Okay. What do you think, Kent? I'm going to break some hearts. It's Henry and Lucy from Fifty First Dates. Whoa. Think what? about it. Wow. Do you want me, can I spoil the movie? Can she'll, we talk about the end of the movie? Yeah, the synopsis, yeah. She'll forget she doesn't like him. So in this movie, like she has yeah. short-term this is, memory this loss. This is just making me sad, Ken. I want you to know so that. So Henry devises a plan. This is in the movie where he and Lucy's family will show her a movie of her life every day to help her catch up every morning, right? Because she doesn't remember the day before. Because she has that short-term memory loss. Yeah. So, and she also tattoos herself with her husband's killer. Oh, yeah. That's another movie, right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, so, I like the black and white parts. So the film ends with a reveal that Henry and Lucy eventually married and had kids before taking a boat to Alaska. It's a very sweet ending. And you're like, this could work. Oh, wait, it won't. So like, even if Henry decided he could put up with the heartbreak of his wife for getting him and their kids every day, and the kids have to know, mom won't remember us tomorrow, right? And Henry having issues with his wife You're every depressing day. me right now. He has to continually make this videotape. He has to update it all the time. If they have issues, I mean, he could step out at any point in the marriage and come back the next day and be fine. And his love will fall by the month. Like, it just won't last, and she'll never know. This is going to be like the notebook, except he won't be around at the You're end. You're a jerk, Ken. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? No, but they just, it's... Well, because it's a sad thing. I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to have the sausages made kind of a thing where I'm like, you're thinking to do about it. I'm like, oh. No, it's such a sweet movie. You're and making kind such of a, a point. A comical movie, and, and it's a very charming ending, but there's, logistically, there's no way. It's just too sad of a life. Yeah, that is a bold choice, but yeah. it actually does make a lot of sense and uh, may have just broken that movie. <laughs> yeah. She gets her memory back. It's all okay. Uh-huh. No, she doesn't. And those kids are old. In my mind, she does. Those kids are old. Like, she's she wakes up and she's 71 day. She's like, where have the past 40 years gone? And why doesn't my pink shirt fit? Guys, stop talking about it. You're depressing me. <laughs> oh, your husband who makes these videos has died and Get you're now in a back home? back to the mushy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that movie coming out now, though? It's like, hey, babe, like and subscribe. Here we go. <laughs> hey, that's actually a good idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> it actually makes more sense now than it did then. All right. We have a couple of more categories down, which means we get to jump into <gasps> another round of the rom-com quiz. Yes. Are you guys ready? Yes. Reminder yes. on your buzzers. Mwah. You complete me. Okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're my little bunny. Yes. <laughs> that should have been your buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> In the movie Runaway Bride... Maggie is accused of liking the same kind of eggs as her current partner. What kind of eggs you does she me? actually prefer? You complete me? Yes. Eggs Benedict? Correct! Oh, Benedict. Eggs Benedict. Eggs Benedict. That's the, a good choice, Maggie. Yes. I haven't got to that part of the movie again. I'm rewatching that one slowly. I've never seen it. You got Eggs Benedict on a guess? Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, how does that happen? Because it's a specific <laughs> weird type of eggs. <laughs> That snooty people like. But it requires ham and, and English muffins and hollandaise sauce. It's tier two at least. Oh, it's tier one, For sir. you. For you. Well, you love eggs. How dare you? This is worse than your 51st days thing. <laughs> what top grossing movie features a love interest named after an allergy medication? Mwah. Joel. Would that be Hitch and Allegra? Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, so proud Benadryl. of you. Benadryl. Not ben Benadryl. Sudafed. <laughs> Which is funny because Benadryl probably brings you to a moment in Hitch. Ah, where yes. Where he's all swollen. That's but right. Yes. Very good. Very, well, awesome. Yes. Nicely, nicely done. Thank yeah. you. 
in Legally Blonde, what is the name of Ellie's Chihuahua? You can me. L, Ellie, L, L, yeah. Bruiser. Oh, Bruiser. Bruiser is correct. <laughs> I know that from the musical, not the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me that man card back. Here you go. Just quoted a musical. <laughs> In the movie Failure to Launch, Matthew McConaughey's dad is played by a former athlete. Yeah. What is his name? Oh my gosh, I can see his face. You complete me. Yes. Carrie Bradshaw? Dang. Correct. Oh my gosh. Sports. That's exactly right. <laughs> for a bonus point, what team did he play for? You complete me. Yes. He played for the Miami Dolphins. Nope. Mwah, Arizona yes. Cardinals. Nope. <laughs> the Washington. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, He's nice. Hall of Fame quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, okay. Let's let's move on. We're going oh. through our rom-com once again. But we've reached that point in the movie where we have the dumbest reason to break up or fight. Because every single time in a romantic comedy, there has to be that moment where like, oh, they're not going to get together. Maybe. Even though there's 30 minutes left. And every time it's like, if you just talked for like two seconds, if you sent an, a clear text message, yeah. this would not be an issue. Always some silly misunderstanding. Kent, what do you have? I Kent? have two really good choices, but one seems very mean. And I'm going to, it's a season of love. Uh, 525,600 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I want to be nice to Joel. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to sing the song. I'm not going to pick the one that I feel like if two characters actually just communicated, they'd re realize they're both terrible, which is how of those guy in 10 days. But I'm going to go <laughs> with the dumbest breakup conversation, and it's from The Devil Wears Prada. And this is when... Oh, I with think Anne Hathaway and... And, and uh, Adrian Grenier. Yeah. And he's... Terrible in this movie, by the way. He's wasted in that movie, too. Yeah. And basically, like the whole movie, she's aspiring to be very successful. And she becomes successful. And she's about to take a trip to Paris, which is going to be an extended trip. And all of a sudden, he's like, they're at this party. He takes her outside. He's like, what's this? Going to Paris? You love Meryl Streep so much. Because I don't remember her name. <laughs> and he's like, you're so successful. You don't have time for anyone else. And I'm like, that was her whole goal. But you're actually in the way. Blown him off a lot of times at this point. I, But I think that was her goal. I think he was actually being more selfish. And in fact... Why not let her be successful? She may have been the breadwinner for them both be my sugar or whatever. Mama. Be my sugar mama. Exactly. And he could have just been patient and not been such a jerk because he was, I guess she was a jerk throughout the movie, kind of. Well, she she changed. Yeah. She's not sweet and innocent anymore. She kind of became one of them. Sure. But I think the way he reacted was very, very poor. And in like two minutes, he totally broke up with her. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. I just watched that recently. Yeah. Mm. The whole movie? Mm -hmm. Wow. I enjoy The Devil Wears Blood. I think it's a very well done movie. Emily Blunt is good. Meryl Streep is fantastic in that movie. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, it's Meryl Streep. What? I mean, when is she not good? So it's always kind of like that's the bar. That may be Peak Streep for me. Peak Streep. Peak Streep. <laughs> Save it for a Meryl Streep show. Street Peak. <laughs> All right, Joel, what do you have? Peak Streep. <laughs> You're, yeah, Joel, what's up? So I have ranted about this movie before, and in fact, maybe I've ranted about this movie too much because when I brought it up to my wife, she <laughs> she kind of said, "You have a real big chip on your shoulder about that movie." And she actually said this is one of her favorite movies, but she doesn't like to watch. She hasn't watched it for a long time because she's afraid to watch it around me. And it's Hitch. Oh. So in the movie Hitch, a smooth-talking man falls for a hardened columnist. What? Uh, <laughs> whilst helping a shy accountant woo a beautiful heiress. Allegra. And this, uh, Allegra, yeah. And this stars uh, Will Smith with Ava Mendes, Kevin James, Amber Valletta. And like I said, the, the, this whole thing is about him. He's, he's a secret consultant like a date doctor and very hush hush which it didn't need to be in the first place no and then what happens is uh this guy this jerk comes to hitch and says hey i want to i want to 
you know, use the date doctor to get this one night stand. And he's like, that's not what I do. I do long-term relationships. He's like, no, here's some more money. He's like, no, I'm not working with you. And so then they walk away, but he still has Hitch's card from whenever he found it. Yeah. Then the jerk ends up enjoying the company of the main girl's quirky best friend. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not like he was like, I thought he was like, a, you know, if he was a horrible jerk to her, but it doesn't seem like he was that much of a jerk to her. It just seems like the day went well, they enjoyed each other's company, and then he just left. Yeah. And she's like, just never, ghosted. I, yeah, never, he just left. And she was upset about that. So then Ava Mendez, the character of Ava Mendez, decides to trash Hitch's career when she finds out he's the date doctor. Even though she knows, she goes and talks to this jerk guy. And it's like, you know, give me the information of the date doctor. And then she finds out it's Will Smith. I'm going way too much detail about this. <laughs> but all you need to know is that Vance is the bad guy, this jerk, horrible, terrible pig guy. And then Will Smith is this guy she's gotten to hitch, I should call him. I'm doing character names. Yeah, has she kind of fallen in love with him yeah, at this point? Yeah, at this point, point they've fallen in love and she yeah. knows he's a good guy. But then when she finds out he's a date doctor who kind of roundaboutly maybe kind of inconvenienced her best friend, she decides to publish his identity publicly ruin his career mm-hmm. and then also ruin the relationship of Amber Valletta and, yeah. uh, and Kevin, Kevin James. James character. Yeah. And it's this whole thing where like, she gets so mad at him. And I'm like, if you would have just said to him at the beginning, I'm frustrated with you because you did this to my friend. He's like, Oh no. And he does later on clarify what happened when they finally get the truth out there. But it just felt like the most manufactured reason for them to fight. And I had an issue with it. And I have other, uh, another issue as well, but I'm not going to get into it. Like Wait, I so said, your wife doesn't want to watch this with you, even though it's a nice, it's a fun movie. It is. And watching, you have issues. It, watching it again, because I was always bugged that she ruined his career and mm-hmm. then he ended up having to apologize to her. Yeah. But I, I, I rewatched the movie just for this episode. This is one of the ones my wife got mad at me about. <laughs> and she actually does come to him and apologize first. And then he kind of like blows her off because he's still angry. And then he goes back to her to apologize when he realizes he loves her. She's still mad at him. So hmm. I've softened on this one now. Okay, so it still seems like there's some fire back there. A little bit. Like if we just have a conversation about this, maybe we can talk it through and then... No! no yeah. Uh, We're <laughs> breaking up! Biggest hell is over! <laughs> it's, uh, but Zach, you're exactly right. If these people didn't just yell at each other, like yeah. in my example of uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, sure. they both played each other and they both, at that point, loved each other. Like the day before, they kind of found out that there was love there. And if they just kind of talked instead of yelling at each other, yeah. they would have been like... Oh my gosh, this is a funny inside joke. We're both terrible. What a crazy way to start things. Let's continue. Or, you know, you see them in a, um, a compromising situation. Instead of asking, what's going on here? She just dramatically runs away. And ruins his career. In yeah. That example. Well, that's yeah. what you said. It's like these movies have to do something to kind of make you, they, they want you to, to bring these people together, but there has to be an obstacle. Yeah. And usually it's some sort of hidden identity or secret or something like that. And when it's revealed, it has to pull them apart temporarily. So you go, oh. <gasps> Oh, no. Will they? Will and then they, they get back they? together. Yeah. And you know they will. That's what's the comforting part of romantic comedy is. But sometimes the fight just seems manufactured. Totally. That's what we're pointing out here. What follows the fight, gentlemen? The chase. The chase. The airport what is scene. Your best, in quotes. <laughs> what is your best chase scene in a romantic comedy? Wow. I went on really long last time, so I'll try not to go very long this time. <laughs> but like, this is like the long part. This is the love part right there's here. There's always the chase at the end where they're running or driving or racing or flying. Trying to stop to something from happening. To a clock of some sort. Yeah. and A huge decision. It's just to heighten the tension. But I chose kind of a cheat because it's like a three-in-one. I chose Love Actually. Yeah. Okay. An actual airport scene. Yes. Well, okay, so there's, there's that. But mm-hmm. let me just back it up here. Uh, love Actually follows the lives of eight very different couples in dealing with their love lives in various loosely interrelated tales, all set during Christmas. 
And this stars Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, Kira Knightley, Colin Firth. Uh, who else is the guy from, from The Liam Walking Neeson. Dead? Yeah, Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Link- Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Thank you. So anyway, this is a wonderful mix of of. It's a Christmas movie. It's a lovely, lovely Christmas movie. But at the end, you have these three chase scenes in one where you have a little boy, uh, like a school age boy, chasing after the love of his life in an airport. And there literally is like a run through an airport, hopping over bars. Post 9-11, like actually, as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you have Colin Firth, who's basically bringing an entire village with him to go find the woman he loves in Portugal. And then you have uh, Hugh Grant going door to door trying to find... This is basically like Natalie. a Star Wars triptych yeah. sort of thing, right? The Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is like all these chases are coming together and they all have this swelling music coming da, together. Da, 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 I love da, 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 it. I yeah. absolutely love this movie and I love how they're they're pulling them all together. And, not the and exact it incorporates thing. Bill Nye's story with uh, playing... It does. Yeah. Like they're all kind of intertwining stuff like right. that. By the way, fun fact, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth were born one day apart from each other. Grant on September 9th, 1960, and Firth on September 10th, 1960. Oh, there you go. Kind of funny how these two so much. romantic No wonder Bridget Jones had such a tough time. <laughs> Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Their astrological nice signs reference. were so close. <laughs> anyway, Love Actually, it's a three-in-one. If yeah, you want to chase scenes, it's a great scene, choice. That's, that's like the chase scenes. And then it has the adorable uh, airport scenes of all the families meeting oh, up. Oh, I which, love that. Which is actual footage of actual yeah. families. Yeah, they show these, these people greeting each other when they're getting off airplanes, families and stuff like that, at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. And I lose it every yeah. time. I've seen this movie dozens of times and every time I cry. It's so genuine and real because it was. Yeah. Cute. I would recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's... Yeah. I mean, Martin Sheens. What's his name? That Martin, Martin Freeman. Short? Martin that Freeman? Story, Wait. Martin Freeman's story is completely gone from it's the gone TV version. because of his job. Yeah. Was that short? What? Your choice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's rom-coms. Yeah, it's rom-coms. I'm turning into Kent because it's rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have Kent. My choice is a great reference within an iconic moment or vice versa. Okay. It's Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Oh, and so this one. one is less the chase, but it's more of a, wait, did they just miss each other? Yeah. Wait, what's happening here? So there is the reference earlier in the movie with Rita Wilson where she mentions an affair to remember. Mm-hmm. And in that story, there is the planned meetup on the Empire State Building. And in that movie, it's a very tragic, well, a tragic story that leads to a beautiful love story, right? right? And so that's back in the background. But near the end of the movie, Meg Ryan is being proposed to by Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. Or I guess her name is... Her name is Annie, and it's Walter is proposing. And they actually have an adult conversation. It's not this like immature thing where she's like, I'm choosing someone else because of this. He says, I don't want anyone to settle for me, and I feel like you would settle for me, even though you would get married to me. And I feel like you need to find someone that you're not going to settle for. So she runs, and she goes to meet Sam, Tom Hanks, at the Empire State Building. She takes a cab. She has to run, and it's closed. Except for the people that work at the Empire State Building are very like nice. And they're like, yeah, no one's up there. We're shut down. We'll take you up anyways. <laughs> no way that would happen. But there's, for love. Yeah. There's like Stanley in the elevator. I think he makes a cameo at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this thing where Tom Hanks and his son, Sam and his son, have already left. Like mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she's not coming. And in the movie, you know what's going to happen. There's still 10 more minutes of the movie. But you don't know how. Right. It's like the James Bond movies. You know James Bond is going to get out of it. You just don't know how. Yeah. And so she gets up there. She's the only one. And she sees the backpack and the stuffed animal. And then they come back to get the backpack. And it's not even this whole huge declaration. It's just they kind of look at each other. They have a, a very normal conversation. It's really beautiful. And they hold hands as they get in the elevator. And it's you're like, so cute. You're like, oh my gosh. And they're like, it's important to find someone that you can truly care for. And I was like, actually, I rewatched that one. I was like, this is a really good movie. Should it we, is a really good movie. Yeah. Should we start crying over it like the Dirty Dozen? I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> the little shitty Joel, Joel, I'm a little surprised you didn't use the singles ward. 
because uh, <laughs> tvtropes.org references the singles ward in the uh, airport scene trope. Yeah. And they say they have the hero racing from Provo to Salt Lake City International in 20 minutes to intercept the girl he loves before she boards a plane for her mission. She shoots him down. Dot, dot, dot. And marries when she gets back. Mormon girls everywhere side in romantic contentment. <laughs> That's from tvtropes.org. I love uh, it. Man, I, singles were, I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. I know it doesn't no has. fit, but for some reason this whole time I was thinking about that scene in Wayne's World. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that the Wayne's World 2? That's no. Wayne's is World that the one. first one? Well, he's doing the... Um, banging on the windows? From what is that? Dustin Hoffman movie. It's from The Graduate. The Graduate. Yeah. That's from the sequel, isn't it? It's Wayne's World, uh, 2. Wayne's World 2 is when he does the, yeah. the parody of The Graduate. Yes. yes. Which I almost had The Graduate in Doomed Romance because that has the very famous. But it's not a rom-com. Right. It's, not, it's, it's not a rom-com. It's a rom-drom. Yeah. We should do a rom-drom show. We probably will. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've had our chase scene and you mentioned the subtle declaration of love. Yeah. In Sleepless in Seattle. But I want to hear your outrageous declaration of love. Now, there's some fun ones and I'm not going to mention one that I mentioned last year, but I'm going to mention one I think is the most outrageous because it's offensive. It's straight up offensive, and I think Joel will have the same. Tr- oh, he won't because he's already chosen this movie. It's from Love Actually. Oh, the confessional in Love Actually Terrible. is inappropriate. Which one? Okay, which one? There's like ten stories, Kent. Carl, Carl. Yeah. I've always loved you, Carl. So, <laughs> Carl, I know your husband's right there. You got a family. <laughs> Tell him it's Carl's. Explain Carl-er. the scene for those want, who haven't seen it. Want you to read my cards? Andrew Lincoln plays the best friend. Who, the best Andrew Lincoln man. is from Walking Dead. Yes. He's the main Coral. guy in Walking Dead. Coral. Boy, start, you guys just start yelling, Coral. 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 Thomas Carl's Coral. You Coral's love Coral's. actually, and you just started saying that. No reference. I actually like the Carl Carolers. Do you know, do you know how lost? <laughs> it's Peak Streep. Yeah. <laughs> The Corollers? <laughs> you know how lost the listener is right now? They understand, Joel. <laughs> they understand, except for he doesn't have like the like the 10 o'clock shadow in no. Love Actually. So he plays the best man. In this movie, you see him put together this grand wedding for his best friend, Chiotel Ejiofor, and Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. And it is this beautiful wedding. And he's standing there. He's so proud. But he's always pined for Kira Knightley's character, who is like 16 in the movie. He has I a swear. crush on his best friend's girlfriend. Yes. Who then becomes his best friend's wife. Isn't that Precisely. an 80s song? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the married couple is just having a nice Christmas night. And then all of a sudden, someone comes to the door. She gets the door. He is there. He's basically starting the meme, the internet meme of holding the, the sign yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. he, he was the inspiration for every sad TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling her, he's like, hey, look, I'm in love with you, but I'm moving on. And it's kind of like, okay, I get this. I don't know why you have to say it. But then he says, kind of like in your intro, because it's Christmas, and at Christmas you tell the truth, I'm sorry, is that tradition? Yeah. Do you tell the truth at Christmas? That's the only time I tell the song truth. I sing about that. <laughs> only our Christmas shows do I ever tell the truth I, on this podcast. Because Santa Claus is watching, I guess. But then he tells her, even though he says he's moving on, he says he will always love her, and he tries to be funny, and he says, till she's a mummy, basically, yeah. like till she's dead. And I was like, wow, this, this guy is the worst friend. And then he's doing this to have closure. Like, I understand closure, yeah, but it's completely inappropriate, especially if he's going to have a further friendship with this friend. And then she comes out and kisses him on lips. It's actually a pretty decent kiss. And then he says, because the movie needs to tell us that was okay, he says, it's done. Or that's, he says enough. that's enough. He says that's enough. And it still is one of these things that it makes you kind of just ah, inside. That is the emotion that I think it's one of those things that the first time you see it, you're like, oh, but if you it's, it's if you think about it, I that's a pro- the problem is, I think the more you think about it and the more time passes, the more cynical people are going to get about that scene, because in the moment, the first time I saw it, it was like, oh, no, look, there's I mean, closure is fine, but that's not OK. 
No, well, the thing is, I was I was bugged by it, especially when she came out and kissed him, and I was like, like mm. yeah, for being a bad person, he got a reward. Yeah, <laughs> that's your dream. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, Kent, that you should pick a movie that I've already mentioned. Yeah, because I'm going to pick a movie you already mentioned. Okay, go on. Fifty first dates. No, I'm picking. She's all that. Okay. Oh. So high school jock makes a bet that he can make any girl popular, and <laughs> the weirdest. <laughs> It's, she takes off her glasses. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook is gorgeous. She is. But this is one of the, it's, you know, it's, it's, Peg, it's Pygmalion. It's My Fair Lady. It's that type of spin, but it's a mm-hmm. high school spin. And the whole thing is he makes this bet that he can make this girl popular and make her the prom queen. Mm-hmm. But as he goes along, of course, he starts falling for her and realizes the bet isn't important. So I don't know if he intentionally tanks it, but because of his love for her, he doesn't win the bet. Yeah. The loser, what they have to do is walk a graduation naked. Oh, yeah. And so at the end of the movie, it's supposed to be this cute, wonderful moment. They're all calling names of all the graduates to go up. And he's, like, she's like, you know, you lost the bet. What are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to honor my end of the bet. And then it's showing all the people going up there. And then he's sitting there in the middle of a high school graduation, completely naked, show, holding a soccer ball, strategically placed. Then he goes, they, they call his name. He walks up and everyone's like, oh, and it shows Rachel Lee Cook like, oh, I'm so shocked. And then he throws the soccer ball to her and she catches uh. it. She's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, Zach. That's his name, not yours. But uh, I mean, I, I did that too. Thank you for <laughs> not being nude right now. But I just thought to myself, hold on. First of all, how many illegal? Yeah, I was going to say that's that's this is like felony level type stuff you got yeah, going that's on like here. Getting on a special website, everyone right just there. got a red dot on and that website. And he's showing how much he loves her by throwing her the soccer ball. So that was my pick. Was that I was like, this just seems like a weird that's gross. declaration of love. Yeah, and I, I went with outrageous as in just no. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, by the way, about this movie about she's all that the 1999 rom com. Yeah. Written by M Night Shyamalan. What? So I thought he wrote not another teen movie. What'd you say? No. Okay. So there was another writer on this movie. And then M. Night Shyamalan said that he polished it up a bit. But then that was in 2002. But then in 2013, he came around and said, no, I basically ghost wrote the entire thing. Like I rewrote the entire thing. What? So M. Night Shyamalan. That's why there's the twist of the soccer ball. (laughs) Well, there's a scene you didn't see with the soccer ball that was (laughs) different. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And the, by the way, they announced they're going to do a gender swap remake called He's All That. And Rachel Lee Cook is going to play the mom of the main boy, I think. Oh, okay. So, freeform. Can't I'm wait sure. for He's the Man. I think that's also coming out. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey, we are there on our next round of the quiz. Oh, yes. Here we go. Reminder on your buzzers. Mwah. You complete me. This one, uh, we're going to get into some quotes. like oh. to hear if you guys know quotes. I know, Kent, you're really good at this. Nope. I will say the quote. You try and name the movie. Okay. Okay. When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as you possible. Can see Kent. Did I jump the gun? No. You, you can. You got it. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, When Harry Met Sally. Correct. Such a beautiful moment. I actually just wanted the line to finish. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was kind of like, it, I oh, feel oh. bad. It really is. If you, if you do know it, you can jump in. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love means slowly losing your mind. I was going to say the help, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, give you a hint. I feel like James Marsden is involved in this one. You complete me. Yes. 27 dresses. Correct. X-Men. X-Men 3. X3. I was going to say Enchanted. (laughs) I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. 
You got You can play me. No, I have that. What? You were Oh, he was kissing. He was kissing. I was like, you're just making sense. I actually forgot. I think you forgot your buzzer. just kissing. You're like, mama, It's you've got mail. You've got mail. I've never liked the ending in that movie. He totally he ruined your company. Why? Yeah, he ruined Oh, he totally destroys the company. I prefer Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, you've got mail. Exactly. Joe versus Volcano over here. So, Sorry, Joel. I totally didn't think you remembered your buzzer. No, I was just kissing the microphone for no reason. <laughs> I literally was like, why is Joe? Zach's waiting for me to remember mine because I forgot. Okay, this is a, this is an important one. I'm tired. I'm wasted. I love you, darling. Mwah. Yes. I'm going to say how to lose a guy in 10 days. You'll never get it. No. <laughs> Sounds like Matthew McConaughey. You complete me. Yes. I don't remember. The Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt movie. No, this is for my entertainment. It's The Room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I've never seen it. All right. Now, we did some quotes. I know it's not your strong suit, so I'll give you one more question here. Okay. What song does Julia Roberts' fake fiancé sing with the wedding party? You complete me. Oh, no, 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 no. Say a little prayer for you. There's lobster forever, claws. Forever. <laughs> oh, it's such a good moment. It's such a good moment. I was. Just, I oh, literally just... moment I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Before I put on my makeup. Ah, I can't believe I lost Such that a good one. Scene. I literally just put this on here because I knew you guys would sing it. <laughs> Forever and ever. All right, that ends. All right, that concludes that round. That was round three. We'll have one more final round. But first, let's get our last three categories. Next up is they picked the wrong one. And this is the one where it should have been the runner-up. Like, like there's usually like a love triangle of some sort, yeah. and you always want to root for one person. But sometimes I think they got it wrong. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if "wrong" is the right word, but I'm going to say "Sweet Home Alabama," starring Josh Lucas and Patrick Dempsey. Yes, and Reese Witherspoon. And Reese Witherspoon. Yes, I was are say both guys nice? Like, isn't that kind of the crux? That's just it. So here's the synopsis: A young woman who's reinvented herself as a New York City socialite must return home to Alabama to, to obtain a divorce from her husband after seven years of separation. Starring Reese Witherspoon, Josh Lucas, Patrick, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, t- <laughs> what doesn't do? And this is the thing: my wife, my wife, she's the one who kind of led me on to this one because she always talks about how in Sweet Home Alabama, there's no wrong choice. She could have picked either guy. What does she say to the one she doesn't pick? I'm assuming Patrick Dempsey doesn't get the girl, right? No, Patrick, yeah, he doesn't get the girl this one because he's the New York City guy. And the thing is, he's hmm. nice. His mom's a jerk, but he's nice. But she has literally already been married to this other guy and separated for seven years. They, they were already married. It didn't work out. And I don't think it's going to work out again. I think she should have gone with Patrick Dempsey's character. Andrew, I think is what his name is. And like I said... His mom's a jerk, and that's really the only... Because the whole time her mom's trying to figure out her southern trash background mm-hmm. and trying to like say that she's not worthy of his son, and he hears this. And so I think he will kind of get after his mom for being a jerk, and they could have gotten together, and it could have worked. So he just goes his way at the end of the movie. He's like, okay. Yeah, well, they Good actually, luck. He, he's a really nice guy at the end. And they did have a whole, apparently, storyline where like Reese Witherspoon's assistant was going to end up marrying Patrick Dempsey. But they cut it from the entire film, so it's not there. So I don't think Felony Melanie is going to be a good way to go. But have you seen that, by the way, the alternate ending for this movie? Never seen Sweet Home Alabama. What? Come on. This isn't my genre. So the whole thing is like, uh, this is where I learned You're that. like shocked? Yes. <laughs> because this is a rom-com. This is a staple rom-com. It is. It is. But like they have this whole thing. This is where I learned that lightning strikes on the beach can cause like glass, like really heat and mm-hmm. sand make glass. So he makes these, you know, kind of glass sculptures and ornaments and, and uh, vases and things like that out yeah. of the glass he makes for that. But there's a whole deleted scene 
where they go out on the beach, they have their argument on the beach, and then lightning starts striking because he has these rods out there so he can make these glass things. And then they come into this reception, and he's holding her dead body. And he's like, oh, what is her name in the movie? It, I can't remember. It's something Melanie Carmichael is dead. And everyone's like, oh, no. And he's like, long live felony Melanie. And then she stands up and it's like, oh, we were faking. Uh, I'm like, you just made the whole... And they deleted. Like, this is the ultimate okay, okay. They got rid of this one. It's not yeah. how it really ends. But, yeah. I, I would love if you would have seen this movie, Kent, so we could talk about it more. But. <laughs> really? I'll watch it tonight. Please do. No. <laughs> I only... <laughs> I only now realized that Sweet Home Alabama is basically just Twister with good weather. <laughs> I know Bill Paxton slash Pullman. I could, sure. I could see that. So yeah, Sweet Home Alabama is my choice. She should have picked Reese Witherspoon. Should have picked Patrick Dempsey. Mm. What about you, Kent? Let's take it back to the '80s with Pretty in Pink. Oh wow, Andy ah. is the worst. She's the worst. Molly Ringwald in this movie. Mm -hmm. So basically, she has a best friend, and mm -hmm. it's Ducky. It's John Cryer. Yeah. And it's he plays like the typical that guy best friend. Like he yeah. pines after her. He treats her. As, he, so well and she of course she's from the wrong side of the track she's from the west side and then andrew mccarthy's character playing is from the east side basically the mm -hmm. other side of the tracks and he's bountiful woods cross it put it in your that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> i knew you looked at me <laughs> and she pines for this guy in fact they date and he breaks up with her he's very influenced by his friends i mean it's a high school movie and so everything is more heavy than it really is in real life <laughs> but it's a john hughes thing right so and so high school is kind of everything it is acting life. like adults yeah so then there's prom right and she doesn't have a boyfriend at this point and so ducky takes andy to the prom and it's nice and they walk in they look like they actually look like a really good couple to mm -hmm. me. And I know Ducky is kind of the best friend that maybe she's never had the feelings for, but they do have good chemistry. They do. And he's so kind to her. You can tell he loves her. And then, of course, Blaine sees her in, in, in her dress. It's that moment from every rom-com. And he he walks over and, you know, pushes James Spader away, who's a jerk. And all he says is, hi. And you see Ducky, his face just falls because yeah. he knows what's about to happen. She's like, hi. And Andrew McCarthy or Blaine whispers in her ear like a manipulator, I love you. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, you but, mistreat her so much. But it's high school. You're going to say those type of things. Yeah, but hormones are crazy. It, he's saying it kind of like this weird sociopath. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, of course, Ducky just being this guy who's just totally crestfallen at this point. Well, she's and she's always wanted to be with Blaine. Yes. So Ducky knows that. Yes. But even though she, he mistreated her yeah. and then Blaine or Ducky says, yeah, go with him. Don't ruin this moment. Like, this is your night. Mm -hmm. uh, it's my night, too. You should go. That's my wish. And you can tell he's broken up. And then the movie tries to give it like, hey, everything's fine because this very pretty stranger really likes Ducky now. And he smiles at the camera. It's a fun moment. Yeah. But Ducky should have been the choice. But, it is the destined choice. But you know that John Hughes did make it right. Right? In which movie? Some kind of wonderful. Oh, yeah. He made some kind of wonderful. That was after this movie, right? Yeah, he made it to kind of flip the script on this and mm -hmm. then say, no, they're going to go with the best friend instead of the one they've wanted this whole time. Yeah. And it's a great ending. Yeah, you're right. And I completely agree. Probably should have gone that way. Yeah. Because I say this as someone in, in high school and college that was the best friend that was always like, but I'm over here. Like I was the ducky. And I was the jock. <laughs> and Zach was why, James Spader. Why are you laughing yeah. at me? <laughs> but yeah, I think ducky should have got the choice. I played the sports. <laughs> I just now the Cardinals, right? The Arizona yeah, Cardinals. The Cardinals. That's Washington, what I played for. The Washington. The Washington. <laughs> I just now realized that Ducky is in Two and a Half Men. <laughs> you just realized that John Cryer is the same. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I didn't really ever connect him, but it seems so obvious now. Yeah. Huh. He's also in Smallville. Oh, he yeah. plays Lex Luthor. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Wow. 
That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Let's now let's step into uh, the Hall of Fame, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're, we've now, you know, completed our rom-com, but I want to see your Hall of Fame male lead. It seems like we're referencing sports a lot on the show. This feels like we're retiring their jerseys almost. Yeah, what yeah. The, put them in the rafters. Yeah, this is actor and actress, right? Like it's yeah, what they've yeah. done for the genre. Yeah. We're going to retire them here on Bacon Sale right now. <laughs> yeah. So you said male lead to start male with, Male right? lead to start. I'm going to give this one to Hugh Grant. Good choice. Right? Hugh Grant has been in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Nine Months, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones' Diary, and its sequel, and I think the third one, Two Weeks Notice, Music and Lyrics, Love Actually, and a couple other romantic movies, but those are specifically the comedies. And he is that just affable British guy, a little bit awkward. Notting Hill is like the quintessential Hugh Grant rom-com. Well, and I feel like, forgive me for saying this, ladies, he's not a, like... Super attractive? He's not an attractive man, like, just looking like, oh, yeah, he's totally attractive. But it's, it's the demeanor, right? It's, it's, it's the smarmy everyman. Well, no, it's, like, thing. insecure, though, yeah. as well. The bumbling, the bumbling everyman mm-hmm. and bumbling British everyman. Yeah. But he totally pulls it off. I get it. Yeah. But I don't know why. It's the way he pulls the corners of his mouth down. Uh-huh. That is that it? <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Zach is not doing the visual, visual thing. But I think Hugh Grant should be in the Hall of Fame for romantic comedies. I think that's a great choice. I, he's kind of the first person that comes to mind for me. What about well, you, Joel? And I went with one a little more mainstream, shall we say, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And it's not because necessarily of what he did in the romantic comedies. It's just what he's done after them. I chose Matthew McConaughey. Really? Because Matthew right. McConaughey was the shirtless beach bum type dude, you know, surfer type dude in all these rom-coms such yeah. as I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include Ed TV here. Yeah, I would. Uh, the Wedding Planner, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Tiptoes, Failure to Launch. <laughs> That's right, <I> Tiptoes. <laughs> uh, Fool's, Fool's Gold and Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. And we already talked at length about uh, 10 Things I Hate About sure. You back on episode 240. Uh, but And I talked about Matthew McConaughey a lot then. But what I'm most impressed about is how he did all these rom-coms and wanted to be taken seriously, and he wasn't being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And then after Ghosts of Girlfriend Past, he said, I'm not doing it anymore I, I want these other roles and i'm not getting them because they keep casting me in these rom-coms which are fun but i want to do something else yeah uh and then he said he got no work for 20 months people would send him scripts and he wouldn't take them and then people wouldn't hire him for other things he says his one author offer came in for eight million but it was a rom-com so i said no came back with 10 million still no comes back with 12.5 million no 14.5 no wow he kept saying no and he said after that they got the point. And Did he say, say what movie it was? No, he didn't. No, oh. Not in this article. And he said that Hollywood got the point and they didn't send me another script for like 20 months, he said. Well, it's so interesting because he started out in the 90s in movies like A Time to Kill. Yeah. And he was a very serious young actor. And then he found... Uh, paycheck and success in rom-coms. Yeah, and he did well. Like and his, then his movies he found well. Academy Award attributes well, after that. That's what he says. And he says, after 20 months, then all of a sudden Killer Joe comes away, then Mud, then Magic Mike, Paperboy, True Detective, Dallas Buyers Club. Like These all came his way after. Yeah. By the way, he was asked to rank his uh, rom-coms oh, on, uh, on a television show once. And he put uh, at the bottom Wedding Planner. Well, it was out of these three. Mm-hmm. So Wedding Planner, Failure to Launch, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So Wedding Planner on the bottom, Failure to Launch in the middle, how to do guys? Oh, failure days. to launch should be the worst. Maybe fool's gold. This is but that him. wasn't part of it. Yeah, but he said he said he chose how to lose a guy in ten days as his best rom com because it has been his greatest mailbox money of any film. <laughs> he says it's always on and there's always this great little check that shows up in the mail from how to lose how to lose a guy in ten days. <laughs> That's so honest. It just made me laugh. And then also he said that he would never do another rom com again except 
Just maybe he considered making a sequel to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Okay. You would love to see that. Well, I think it's the better rom-com out of the two we discussed on episode 240. Yeah, too but I chose Matthew McConaughey because the guy can play rom-com, but then he also managed to do serious yeah. roles, which is not easy to do. Yeah. Neither was picked Tom Hanks. Okay. Or Colin Firth. Uh, there could be other Hall of Fames if we ever do this again down the road. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Okay. And uh, let, we saved the best for last. We are going with the Hall of Fame female lead. We should have picked the same one. Here, we did. Did we? Yeah. We both picked the same one. I'll I, have what she's having. I didn't pick Megan. <gasps> what? Who'd you pick? Kent, I chose Kent, Julia go. Roberts. Oh, oh, wow. So you can't pick Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Both great choices. Yeah. And uh, those are the two I was kind of Meg Ryan around. is the queen. And Joel picked Julia Roberts. between them and Judy Greer. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I picked Julie Roberts. Ken, yeah. Why don't you go first? So Meg Ryan, when Harry met Sally, obviously that is top of the mountain. Right. Also Joe versus the Volcano, which is <laughs> kind of less rom-com, but so still. It's a fairy tale. The good pairing with Tom Hanks. Sleepless she, in Seattle. She plays three roles in that movie. IQ, French Kiss, You've Got Mel. City of Angels, more romantic than comedy, but still. Kate and Leopold as well. So and granted, of all those, Sleepless in Seattle is the only one I really love. Oh, you don't like When Harry Met Sally? It's good. It feels so honest, and the comedy is, is uh, so rewatchable to uh, me. It's true. That's definitely my second out mm-hmm. of those. But yeah, wow. I, I, just, okay. I, I hear a lot of those, and I'm like, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I'm not bashing on your pick. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good choice. It was. Yeah, that they're was they're both one. like givens. Like they both should be chosen. They should be. Yeah. See, and I went with cold hard facts on mine. Like mm-hmm. I kind of just looked up the box office. Right. And Julia Roberts is like the number one. The most profitable ginger, most profitable, right? Yeah. <laughs> most profitable, I think, actor or actress in romantic comedies. Wow. You look at uh, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, Notting Hill, Valentine's Day, America's Sweethearts, Larry Crown, Mother's Day, I Love Trouble. Remember when she was in oh, wow. romantic yeah. comedy with Nick Nolte? <laughs> Not good. That's an unlikely pairing. And then she said in 2018, she said, there came a point in my career when people thought I had turned on romantic comedies, which I love them. I love to be in them. I love to watch them. But sometimes they just don't work at a certain point point of life experience she said that in order to be the lead in a romantic comedy you kind of have to be this naive uh, okay, type person sense. to do all this sort of zany things right but she didn't think the audience could accept her as that anymore she said it's not about age it's about what people know that you know and i just feel like julia roberts she how do i say this go on i've never been overly attracted to her right but yet she plays these roles so endearing that you can't help but love her. She somehow makes Pretty Women, a pretty dark story, like likable. Yeah. And I just think like it's just her personality in all these movies won me over time and time again, even though I don't find her classically attractive. Mm-hmm. And so it's just funny to me that like, I don't know. I love Julia Roberts. I think she deserves this Hall of Fame. Yeah. So her jersey is going up there next to Meg Ryan's. There we go. I like it. That's a win. You guys picked, honestly, all good picks. Oh, Except for all? Mr. Darcy, right? Um, that would be my pick if I was playing. That's a rom yeah, drop. Sure. That's a rom drop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there you go. Rom drummer. Okay. Good job, gentlemen. You have all of your 12 categories, your 12 dozen roses. Oh. All right. We're going to finish this quiz thing, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. This is a Zach attack. Oh. oh. Now, it's actually going to go pretty quick for you, listener, because uh, Kent's probably just going to edit all this out. Yes. However, <laughs> two I, hours later. <laughs> I'll do it again. I will. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you to put away your notes and mm-hmm. uh, you can pull up a, a document on your computer. Okay. Uh, you're going to be making a list, a list in order as close as you can get it of the top 10 highest grossing rom-coms domestically. Uh, Hate it. Domestically. Yeah. Now, Joel's not worldwide, well, they really research, count worldwide in the 90s anyways. That's true. And even, yeah. And even then it's, it's not so much of a thing. So, so once again, you're going to try and name in order if you can. 
the top 10 highest grossing movies. I will give you one point if it's on the list. I will give you two points if you have it in the right position. Are you serious? Yes. That's a, that's this is a chance to win for you. some huge Wait, huge is this points. for this the Marvels? Is this the final this round? Will be, this, I should know this. All scores put together. This is going to be it. Ready, gentlemen? Ready. Go. Three hours later. All right, gentlemen. I have tabulated all the scores, and I am so mad at both of you. Why? What? It's a season of love. Oh, okay, fine. I, I love you guys both. You're just uh, really wait. It's just like the fight. Thank at you the end for of the uh, thank you for inviting me on Sale. All right, in round one, Kent, you scored one point. Joel, you scored two. Mm-hmm. In round two, you both tied at scoring two points. All right. Mm-hmm. In round three, Kent, you scored three points. Joel, only one. Oh, which brought you before we went to the final round with Kent scoring six points and Joel scoring five. Ooh, points. you had a one point lead going into this. Now, Joel may have had an advantage due to his research. Well, I don't know. Now, looking at your scoring. And I'll let you know what you did right. Kent, you got three movies correct of your ten. Three, three that like in the right order, or just three on the list. Three on the list. That's one it. in the correct order. That's oh. it. Only three. Three out of ten. Oh, out of ten. Jeez, Joel, you got four. <laughs> oh, man, we're sad. That is sad. You, like, so I'll, they get any in the right order. The ones that you so uh, Kent, your list. You said uh, my big fat Greek wedding at number one, mm-hmm. which is correct, by the way. All right, which you both actually said. Uh-huh. Both got two points. Number two, you both said Pretty Women, which according to BoxOfficeMojo.com is actually number four. Mm, wow. So yeah, uh, you got the points there, uh, Joel. You said the proposal, which is on the list, though it does uh, rank a little bit lower than you had it. And you also said Knocked Up. Which got you another point there. Wow. Yay. And then Kent, <laughs> yes. you, Kent, you said Runaway Bride as well, which is oh. on the list, scoring them, uh, ninth place on there. So with that. Wait, so what, what's like yeah, the top what, five? What's the actual top okay, list? You, do you want yeah. the, the actual Give list? The full please. 10. Okay, 10 the full one. 10. The actual list. Number one, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Okay. And by a, a, a ways, too. Uh, number two, What Women Want. Oh. With Mel Gibson. Yep. There it is. Forgot about that Number one. three, Hitch. Yep. Number four, Pretty Women. Now, the disadvantage with Pretty Women is the time. You keep saying women. I'm pretty pretty sure it's a sequel. Pretty Women. Little Women. Pretty Woman. (laughs) Two different movies. Pretty Woman. There's something about Mary. Oh, Oh, I forget about Crazy Rich Asians. Makes sense. A new one. The Proposal. Okay. Sex in the City. Yeah. Runaway Bride. Wait, you said this is a comedy category. (laughs) (laughs) And Knocked Up. Okay. I cannot believe I missed. Wait. So that puts us Hitch. where? You guys tied. What? Joel. 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 You got what? five points. Kent, you got you got four. You guys tied overall. Season of love. I'm saying we end with a tie. We've never done this. We but Joel, both. this feels like something that maybe we could go on a stag date. And <laughs> we, we, can share get, a taco we can get lunch? steak tacos. Kent, I agree to those terms. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Finger boop of love. <laughs> <laughs> this is n- unmanufactured and a little perfect. <laughs> Gentlemen, congratulations. Uh, I don't know You're if my wonderful. heart could take another tiebreaker, so Kent, thank you for that offer. Yeah, no worries. You are you, a scholar and a gentleman. You guys somehow <laughs> tied on How that do we tie? <laughs> But isn't that such a weird top top 10 list? Yeah. yeah. You uh, guys honestly listed the fantastic movies that were talked about. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Kent, uh, Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, Kent put that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, 13 Going on 30, Notting Hill. Sweet Home Alabama. These all timers. Uh, Joel, you put Sleepless in Seattle, Made in Manhattan, Wedding Planner. You've got mail. You'd think that these movies would have made a ton. Absolutely. And for some reason, I think it, it maybe they weren't so box office popular. And but the proposal just, was? They've st- that one made big money, but it had Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. And they are attractive people. Yeah. So for wow. some reason, I think these movies have lived on in cable. 
Yeah, precisely. And blockbuster <laughs> exactly. video back in the day. That yeah. is crazy. Oh, yeah. man. If I, so, if, yeah. Yeah. Well, doing research for this show, there were so many other categories that we came up with in our heads. And I'm sure you, the listener, would like to share some categories with us that we may have missed. There is so much content here for so many other shows. So please share them with us on social media. Or just let us know what ones you would have picked for the categories we always we totally. picked. We're finding the way because, like Zach said, and apparently we're just in the season of love right now. Yeah. Apparently this is my genre. Speaking of love, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, which includes Sweet Bottom Cakes, Jessica Drought, Sean Sanquist, Plot Twist Media, Lady Terry Ann Finley of Wigtonshire, Just Plain Old Kyler, Jennifer Kilkowski, Glow Clendaniel, Braden Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, Adrian Gray, and Adam and Rachel Crump. We love you. I am the listener to patrons. <laughs> And we also want to give some love to the Baking Council, which includes The Shadow, Stephen Ross, Ryan Farron, Matt's Ah, Chris Anderson, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Hailstorm, Brian Madsen, and Reverse Listener. We love you, Baking Council. We love you. Hi. Conversation Art, you are a cutie. <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing QuickWits. They perform for free on Facebook every weekend. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews of all the Sundance movies that came out, it's at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Facebook and Instagram at Tumbling Mustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. You can go ahead and like the Facebook page, as well as follow on Twitter and Instagram at Bacon Sale. While you're doing that, head over to tpublic.com slash bacon sale, where you can actually see a new design in honor of Queenie's Grits, the season six bracket winner in the off season. And then if you like the show and like what's going on there, you can support at patreon.com slash bacon sale support starts at just $3 a month where you can get bacon bits where we're pretty good at talking for 30 minutes. Oh, yes, wow. we are. So until next time and always listener, you complete us. I could kiss you on the lips right now, Joel. <laughs> Don't do it. I purposely didn't make eye contact with either one of that, you. That's no, enough. No. I thought it was fun that we discovered that I'm dumb. Reading Rain Road. We did it. We oh. did it? Yeah. Now we see Mo. Wait, is it now we see Mo? Now, now we Zima? Drinking Zima. Zima. <laughs> Emphysema. <laughs> Drinking Zima. Dora. <laughs> you got in my Zima cabinet again. <laughs> what are you idiots talking about? You know what Zima is, right? I know what Zima is. But what's this? Dora's been drinking Zima. Why? Because Boots. What? Boots, he's like, he thinks he's alcoholic, but he's not quite alcoholic. What are you talking about? Was this about? in the live action? What is happening? In the song, they go, we did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Drinking we, Zima. Yeah. We Zima. Emphysema. We did it. <laughs> Swiper, lost. no swiping. He's swiping Zima. I'm betting I can <laughs> Google these lyrics. It's just, we did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Hooray. Woo. We did it. But then there's Spanish in there's there, too, Spanish Joel. in there. Throw some Spanish emphysema in there, Joel. No. <laughs> Mermaid Assassins uh, is the number one romantic hey, comedy the time of my life. in the whole world. It's really the only time I enjoy listening to The Smiths yeah. is when it's played in a movie. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I can no. take it darker. No, thank you. That's dark enough, sir. See why it's funny is that's the wrong word. Joel, fast well done. Kisses. She's in the recent Halloween as, uh, yeah. Jane. as the quirky best friend. Like, oh, this is all very fun. Yes, let's all do the dance together. <laughs> oh, your husband who makes these videos has died and Get you're now in a back home? back to the mushy. <laughs> we don't want another incident, Zach. That may be peak street for me. It no wonder throbs. Bridget Jones had such a tough time. <laughs> I'm turning into Ken because it's rom-coms. <laughs> Mormon girls everywhere side in romantic contentment. <laughs> Carl. 
Carl. Yeah. I've always loved you, Carl. So, <laughs> Carl, uh, I know your husband's right there. You got a family. <laughs> Tell him it's Carl. Explain the scene for I those want, who haven't want seen. Want you to read my card? I actually like the Carl Carolers. <laughs> you know how lost <laughs> it's Peak Street. <laughs> <laughs> the Carolers. <laughs> Jokes on cut content. What? I'm not wasting this humor. <laughs> this is this is quality Joel stuff. You jerk. Bacon cell. Cut the crap. <laughs> I literally the just when I wake up <laughs> before I put on my makeup. Sweet Home Alabama is basically just Twister with good weather. I was the ducky. And I was the jock. I played the sports. Finger boop of love. <laughs> Emphysema. Emphysema. Drinking Sema. Noisemos.